Hello and welcome to the Cirtos Podcast. This is Maria with Evan back today for our earliest interview we've ever done. So very exciting. Um, and without further ado, I will let our guest introduce himself and take it away. Good morning, Maria and Evan. And uh, thank you so much for having me. My name is Dimitri Papadimitriou. I was born and raised and still live in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I guess by trade, I'm a uh, graphic designer, creative director, uh, but uh, just uh, love to play music, love to dance, love all things Greek, you know, so that's really it. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you on. Um, we've definitely enjoyed uh, interviewing and talking with all your bandmates, and that has certainly been an awesome journey for us. But we want to know what your journey was. Um, so how did you get introduced to Greek dance? How did you um, kind of, you know, what was your progression through Greek dance? And at what point did you realize um, that, wow, this is this is definitely something that I am passionate about? Man, my story, uh, it's, it's a crazy interwoven story with the music, but like a lot of the other people that you guys have spoken to already, it started off with, you know, mom, you know, she was the <laughs> catalyst for it all. I was uh, five years old and I vividly remember I was sitting on the couch and I was watching The Incredible Hulk. And this was like back in the day, you know, so it was like my favorite show. And I think it was a Saturday and I was watching it. And then my mom comes in and she's like, okay, get your shoes on, we're going to Greek dance. I was like, what? I'm like waiting for him to Hulk out. I'm like so excited and I'm like, well, Greek dance. <laughs> well, when you're five, you don't really have a say so in the matter. So me and my sister Katerina, we hopped in the car and then uh, my mom drove us to this restaurant. And um, there we met my first dance teacher. Uh, at the time, her name was Elenia Tanasiu, but uh, you may know her now as Elenia Apostolakos Hopes. Mm -hmm. And um, she was our first dance instructor and she <clears throat> introduced herself to us and then took us around and showed us our first Greek dance, which was Castoria uh, Nos. So there's me and my sister. We don't know anything or just hopping around. And, um, and but it was fun and we, we enjoyed it. My mom kept taking us back. And then finally it was like the first Greek festival and uh, there's like a picture of my mom's house on it. And there I am in this Fustanella that's like three sizes too big. And my sister was always way more coordinated than me. So she was basically leading from the second position. Like she was basically leading me, even though I was in the front snapping my hands. And, you know, so we, we were like, you know, the cute little kids, but then, you know, it developed and we kept going and going. And we were always dancing with the adult people because there was no kids at the time. So, we stuck with it and then you know we just got better and better at it just like you know anybody else and when you practice and but you know we both realized that we had a gift for rhythm and and music and you know so we continued on and then the dance group and the pro uh, the whole program expanded eleni uh, worked really hard and along with a great board of directors that we had here just like a, we weren't affiliated with a church at the time so, uh, you know, it was just a, a dance group, if you will. And uh, we amassed a lot of people through the church. Lots of youth started coming. At one point, we had about 200 plus dancers in the program wow. from an adult group all the way down to the little kids, the peewees, we called them. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just danced and danced. And as I got older, as a teenager, I just realized I just love this stuff. It just something about it. I loved seeing my friends every Wednesday night. We would get together at the hall and we would just dance and 
you know, we would cut up obviously and, you know, say our luckiest, but <laughs> we would also just really enjoy it. And I know it just kept going and going and going. And the next thing I know, you know, we're dancing at festivals and we're dancing at Greek nights and we're, we're just doing all this stuff. And, you know, like a lot of the people beforehand had said, you know, it evolved very much in our, in our city as well. Um, Atlanta had, you know, a big, you know, we're the metropolis. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of Greeks and Greek Americans. And so um, at the time, you know, when we first started it off, Eleni had help from, uh, you know, Sandy Papadopoulos, his dad, uh, Kiriani Papadopoulos, God rest him. He uh, helped out a lot to get us off the ground and to introduce us to people and things. And um, Eleni was really, uh, she was great at researching and trying to get instructors to come down. Through her, we met Master Yoda, Joe Graziesi. You know, he came down <laughs> so many times and helped us out and he still helps today. He's just an amazing resource and just a wonderful person. And um, we just learned a lot. And then, but at the time, you know, a lot of the instructors coming were like, Dora Stratu. So, you know, you've, you've already gone through this with other people on the podcast, you know, it was like, you know, some choreography here. It wasn't like, you know, as authentic as some people are, you know, going down that route nowadays. And it's great because it evolved. And, you know, in my teen years, you know, we were still dancing and doing some choreographies, but then we started really introducing a lot of the stuff to the festival and like trying to showcase authentic Greek dance to the people. And then fast forward, it was like 1996, 97. Um, one of the ladies in our community, uh, Maria Sharp, got us uh, involved with Alikam Tanelinidon. So around those times, we were going to Winter Dance Conference uh, down in Tarpon, and we, you know, John Lulius and all the people that you guys have heard of. Uh, you know, we met some of the instructors there, and they were really awesome. And so we became, I think, the second, uh, yeah, the second Lincoln in uh, America. I think Boston was the first one, and then we became a chapter. And it was great. And, you know, we had a lot of resources then. And it was like, you know, access to new music and mm -hmm. instructors. And it was really cool. And then about 1998 or 99, uh, Eleni had to move to Belgium. Uh, her husband was a federal air marshal. And so they had to get relocated. But I, I remember I was about to go to, I was in college at Georgia State University. And I was like, I want to go to a big school that has a better art program. And my mom was like, no, no, me famous, me famous, doing that whole thing. <laughs> Even though it's like an hour down the road, you know, she didn't want me to leave. But, you know, and then Eleni at the time pulls me into the tent at the Greek festival and said, listen, I'm leaving and I need someone to carry the flame and mm -hmm. it, it's got to be you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's pretty heavy. You know, we have this huge program. Like, I, I can't do that on my own. There's no way. She's like, well, you know, you have help. And so, you know, even though I was going to Georgia at the time uh, and traveling back every Monday, I would drive back with uh, some other dancers and we would, you know, drive back and forth every Monday. My sister, my cousin Vasily Yanakopoulos and Sandy, we all spearheaded like, you know, two male instructors, two female instructors. And then we just started going that route and trying to help and teach. And we also had other instructors involved in the program that were uh, worrying about the little kids. And so it was a, it was a, an adventure. It was just a, mm -hmm. a lot, you know, and it happened, you know, it seems like it was yesterday, 
Uh, that was, you know, I'm turning 44 on Monday and it's been 39 years of just Greek dance and Greek music and it's just been awesome. So, and after that point, um, you know, I think I just, I, I figured out that I really love to do it. And, you know, I think the others around me realized it as well. And that it, I didn't, I don't want to say like, I was like, it's just my, my show. It's not, that's not how it was, but I, you know, other people got busy and then, you know, I just, it was something that I love to do. So I just started, I became like kind of like the only instructor and I don't even remember. I'm sorry. It's just been a minute, <laughs> but it just turned out that way. And, at least for the adults. And I, I tried to teach the little kids one time, but I just, at the time, I just didn't have the patience. And, yeah. you know, I just, it, it's a it's a different challenge to teach really little ones. And I applaud all those that can. Um, but, you know, I, so I, I, I was the, the instructor for the adult group uh, up until like last year before the pandemic and all that. And loved, loved every second of it. It's very rewarding and it's just awesome. So that's kind of the uh, dance journey. That's, that's a pretty incredible story. I'm, I'm curious, um, what was your exposure to like, so beyond Greek dance, what was your exposure to Greek culture? Did, I mean, there's a lot of Greeks in the community. Did you travel yeah. to Greece or was your exposure like mostly America or? Well, um, you know, both my parents were born there. So I'm first generation here. And, um, you know, my exposure, like I, I was lucky enough to be raised by Ayan Papu. Uh, that's just, that was, that was it. You know, every Saturday, my parents would drop me off with my sister and all day long, it was, you know, talking to Yayan Papu, we spoke Greek, we learned Greek, we went to Greek school and my mom, God bless her. She's just like, she's the one, like everyone's mom is like that person <laughs> that kicks it off. So my mom had us in Greek school, perfect attendance in Sunday school. I mean, she was just, <laughs> and we just went with it, but I, I, I can't ever look back and say that I don't regret or uh, one second of it because it was just what it was just an amazing thing at the time for for I'm sure for her because she was like I'm so proud of my children and they're growing up Greek and they're following our footsteps but for us unbeknowing you know we're learning this amazing culture and this mm -hmm. thing and it's just you know it just led to so many other things it opened so many doors so we went to Greece you know when we were little I remember we were very little but between then and my teen years, I don't, I don't remember going that much, but then my teen years, that's when, you know, uh, that was another big catalyst point was when I was like 16. And that's where kind of like my authentic music journey started. But, you know, so ever since then, you know, we'd go, we try to go in the summers. And so we had the, the, the full immersion, you know, we had the Gayas, Mapuos, you know, Easter at Theopano's house. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the big fat Greek catastasis, always, you know. <laughs> I think so. it's so crazy that like your dance group was not affiliated with a church so many years ago. Like that uh -huh. was probably a pretty renegade thing at that time. And like kudos to the people who started that because, you know, they realized the need for that and they didn't necessarily couch it with a church, which I think happens a little bit more frequently like nowadays. And maybe it did like, you know, kind of in the more recent history. But the fact that this happened when, you know, 39 years ago is, is wild, is wild to me. Yeah, and at the time that I remember, you know, uh, Eleni, you know, she didn't want to be under the church umbrella because, mm -hmm. you know, she was like, I don't want them to have our books because mm -hmm. uh, then they're going to call the shots. And, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, I, again, I was little, so I don't remember a ton, but I know that it was like, 
oh, they're the dance group. You know, they'll dance at the festival. It wasn't like as mutually of a respect thing that I think it is now. Yeah. Uh, and we we segued under the church umbrella, gosh, I don't know, maybe a decade ago or so, uh, when HDF really started, you know, taking uh, fire. And it was mm-hmm. just like, the, you know, the bishop wanted us to be under the church. You're all church members. You should be under the church. And, you know, it caused a little bit of a schism because, mm-hmm. you know, the Likyon was the Likyon. And, you know, my mom and... Uh, so many ladies, uh, Lenny and all these, they, uh, you know, Mr. Vlaris, uh, Patty Vastakis, just a lot of people from our community, they, they would sew and they made tons of costumes. And there was, you know, so when we went to the church, you know, did we get costumes? No, we're keeping the costumes. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little bit of a back and forth. Yeah. You know, we were renting costumes and they were like, now it's, it's all fine. It's all, you know, a wash. Yeah. But, you know, it was a big thing. And back then, too, it was like we got to go where we wanted to go. No one was pushing the buttons and saying, oh, you have to dance here. You can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a smart move back then. Uh, and it also showed the church and I think the surrounding other ethnic communities what strong of a Greek community we were and, you know, how culturally you know deep we were, you know, because yeah. we were performing everywhere. I remember going so many places. We used to have this ugly brown church van. It was awful. <laughs> and we were always in the back and letting and everyone they used to call us the maridas because it was just me and my sister so we were these two little we could barely see over the seat and like we're all these costumes were piled up on the back of our heads and we're just driving everywhere so yeah. and i mean i don't know exactly i'm probably gonna mess this up like but there's a lot of greek history in atlanta so like for people who don't know um and this is might take us off on a little bit of a tangent um like there was a Greek who was at least a Greek, maybe there might have been more, who was um, murdered and killed by the KKK in Atlanta, and that's how like organizations like the AHEPA, the American Hellenic Educational yep. Progressive Association, started because mm-hmm. it was this need to protect the culture. Like you know, we talk about how Greeks in other areas faced you know discrimination and, and that kind of stuff but like to go that far and to have someone who was you know um like murdered or how, whatever you want to call it by the kkk like that atlanta is is so rich in history for the greeks and like it just makes me so proud that you guys have done this and you, you have such a huge greek community down there i mean there's like a greek school right like a, a parochial school too that kids yeah. go to now right Yes, it's uh, the Annunciation Day School, and uh, yeah. they started that several years back. And now it's, but we're enrolling my son uh, this this mm-hmm. coming year. You know, he's going into middle school, and it's a great school, and they got great instruction. And so we're lucky to have that, uh, you yeah. know, on the on the grounds of the church. And a long time ago, you know, the church was separate from the Hellenic Center. Our old Hellenic mm-hmm. Center was down in a different part of town, and so you know, they they sold that property off, and now it's back. You know, it's all one big. Uh, complex. Uh, yeah, we have we have a lot of rich history. We have a lot of great great folks, and you know, it's been it's it's it, we're lucky that we got to start off here too because we did have so many resources available, not only within the community, uh, but with other Hellenes and uh, HEPA. You know, mm-hmm. we have the Evertanian Society, the the, the Lacones. We have all these societies, so it was just great having that. Yeah. Yeah, you're our first um, interviewee from Atlanta, so I think it's just cool to sort of bring that that glimpse of history in. Um, but there's there's so much more. But um, tell us about how you started dabbling in music. 
Tell us about that. Okay, so like I was saying earlier, it's a weird story because it's all kind of intertwined, but you know, that one started with dad, you know, uh, dance was mom and, and music was dad. So uh, my dad, uh, you know, he was born in Scopelos and he would take guitar lessons in Volos, you know, take the boat, moved to Pensacola, Florida when he was young, mm -hmm. played guitar you know, on Friday nights at his Theo's restaurant, moves to Atlanta and then he wants to learn bouzouki. So who does he learn from? He learns from Takia Thanasiu, who subsequently at the time was Eleni's husband. Eleni was the dance, and Takia was helping my dad learn bouzouki and get his, uh, you know, his early learnings and teaching. And so, you know, we would always go to Eleni's house, so they'd be sewing costumes and whatnot, you know, and getting stuff ready for the dance group. And me and my sister are sitting there, you know, hanging out. And then my dad's in the other room learning bouzouki. So, you know, I just remember going to bed at nights when he'd practice till 11 o'clock and I would just hear just memory, learning songs and hearing songs and hearing music. And so it was just embedded, you know, in my brain. And, uh, you know, I just developed a, a serious love for it. I mean, you know, and what kid didn't, you know, grow up to some of that stuff that was like, mm -hmm. you know, first gen. I mean, really, you know, I remember hearing Dionisio Kazanzidis in my Fia Thoni's Buick blasting that Gikeria <laughs> live album that everybody knows with, uh, you know, it's, it's just great, you know, so it's just, I was immersed in it, and it was always around me, and then, um, so my, I guess my late, I don't know, maybe I was 12, 13 at the time, in my early teens, um, I got into rock and roll a lot, too, and, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> my dad's band always practiced at our house, and they had this, you know, drum set downstairs, so I would go down there and, you know, bang around a little bit, and then, uh, if y'all remember, I'm dating myself, but you know, it's uh, the Co Columbia <laughs> house. You paid like for a one yeah. full CD, but then you got like for a penny, you got all these other CDs. So I just yeah. bought all these best of albums. And I remember, you know, talking about outside influences, you know, hearing Rush for the first time and hearing Neil Peart play YYZ. And I was with my cousin and we were, I was like, this guy's doing a four minute drum solo. This is insane. So then, you know, there I am banging away on these drums and trying to, you know, memorize and replicate all the things that I'm hearing. And so then my dad finally comes down and he goes, the math is the drums. I'm like, all right. So he takes me to drum lessons. So then I uh, end up going to this uh, music school and I walk in and there's this guy with, he's got the biggest biceps I've ever seen, got a ponytail, <laughs> same as uh, Jerry Fields. And the guy is a, um, he's got his doctorate in percussion. And he used to play with a Greek band in town. So he would always be drumming away and, you know, and he was just this awesome player. So he taught me like the, the rudiments and basics of, you know, the Kalamatiano beat, you know, it's this, mm -hmm. this is this. And that's where that started. But then, uh, like I was saying, when I was 16, we, we traveled to Greece and we stayed for a while and my mom was there and we ended up going to Dorastrato to go watch some performances. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we knew we knew the instructors there very well from them coming and teaching in Tarpon all those years. And I see this guy and he's playing this big drum. Mm -hmm. I'd never really seen it in person before. I kind of seen it on, you know, CD covers and whatnot. And uh, he blew me away. And it was yeah. uh, uh, George Gevgelis. He's a famous, famous Dali player. And uh, the guy was just on fire. And he was doing things with his hands I couldn't believe. And, you know, I was watching the dancing, but then I just kept looking at this guy and uh, just wondering, you know, they, and they were playing some Macedonica. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of like, 
I guess, um, improvisation you do during Macedonian drumming. And if you listen to some of the greats now, like Elias uh, Limanos, uh, Kiriyani, mm-hmm. Dramali, uh, you, these guys are just technicians. They're unbelievable. They're just in their own, on their own planet. So this guy was like one of the, the guys. He was the mm-hmm. guy. So after the show, I wanted to meet him. So uh, Ruli, the, one of the head instructors there at the time, you know, he introduces me and I'm like, mom, I want to buy one of those things. And she's like, <laughs> okay. So the guy says, I want you to meet me at this restaurant uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. And I was like, okay. So I tell my Theo, he goes, uh, what's the name of the restaurant? It's, like, it's called Korzopon. Well, it turns out that this is Nikos Urnazidis, his magazine in Athens. And uh, uh, you guys may have heard of Zunadzidis. He's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's also helped us a lot, you know, with Kirigani back in the day, teaching us and wonderful man. And uh, I go there and I walk in and Domna Samio is practicing uh, for a performance that night. So here I am, there's Nico Zunadzidis, Domna Samio, and I go in the cuisina and there's Georgia Vielis. Like, I think about that now, I'm like, oh my God, it's right. insane, right? Yeah. And so he's there with this drum. And there I am with my white shirt and I got my backwards hat on, little American <laughs> you know. And he goes, Says the busy. So I'm like, nope. And I, I'm like, I know something. So, you know, he gives me the sticks. He goes, this is the bass, this is the treble, you know. And he showed me one thing. And then he goes, try and call him up, you know. But I knew the beat because of taking some lessons. So I, I kind of, mm-hmm. he goes, ah, mi I was like, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's that, was, that was, so then I, you know, we got it back to the United States and I couldn't wait to play it. Yeah. And then I started putting on CDs and I was like, you know, all right, learning this song, learning this song, you know, and just going on and on and on. And then from there, it just, that was it. I was playing drums in my dad's band after many years of, you know, lessons and playing and, you know, jumping on at a Greek night. He'd like, I don't know, mm-hmm. so I'd play a little bit. So I formally joined my dad's band when I was about 18. And one of my first gigs wow. was, you know, in New Orleans, the Greek festival and, I've been playing ever since, you know, I just, it, it, it seems like yesterday really, but I just, and then, you know, learning other uh, percussion instruments along the way, you know, you just get more passion for different things and different styles of music. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you learn this and you learn that. And, you know, again, percussion is its own animal, but, you know, I look at, you know, you guys were talking, I listened to Mito's podcast earlier this week mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like the guys just, uh, they're on a different level just, you know, musically speaking, I, I just, I think it's wonderful that they can do as much as they do. Like I, I sit, I sit and I watch Yanni and Mito and they play, you know, 20 instruments a piece. Yeah. And, you know, they, they just, just from the training that they have in learning, they just, they can just pick up something. I just think it's incredible, yeah. but you know, one thing leads to another. And that's why, you know, I wanted to learn this kind of drumming and, and, and you know, this and that, and here I am now. I mean, percussion is so deep. It's not just like banging on drums. There's like, I mean, how many instruments would you consider are in the percussion family? Like, a, oh my God, a, a there's ton. so many. I mean, you know, Greek wise, I mean, there's, you know, the dumbaki, there's the defi, there's the dahare, there's there's a bunch of, and then even like, you know, Sarando uh, Caperonis had us play this one uh, set for him, I think it was Bana, and he showed us his video of someone playing a denique like a trash can oh, and i was like so i ended up playing a like a bucket at hdf so i'm like sitting <laughs> beating on a bucket and killing my hands and i was like they play that too so 
That's amazing. Yeah, it was a trip. So you're ready for New York City subway system then. All right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my so, gosh, that's so funny. Is there, um, I mean, with both music and with dance, um, is there a region that you're drawn to more than any other? Man, that's a that's the killer question. I keep right. hearing that every week, and I'm like, how do I answer that? I, I still don't know the answer. I mean, honestly, um, my tastes have changed. Obviously, you know, um, if you were to ask me years back what my favorite was, I might tell you, you know, islands, I love islands. But right now, like, it's just the mood I'm in. But uh, overall, my my favorites to dance, I love Macedonica. Mm-hmm. I love Fragatica. I love, but they just. I don't know, something about like when you hear a Hakina band, all the brass in your face, it's just, it just moves you. You just want to get out of the chair and just, just dance, you know? So those, those would be my, I guess, favorites, if you will. But I love it all, you know? I love Bodiaca, I love Cretan, I love Islands. I, just, I love it all. I just, I can't, I can't say that, you know, I have an actual, actual favorite. But musically speaking, nowadays, uh, I don't know, I got the, uh, I got the bug from Dean of Dallas for Ibidos. And uh, man, I just, you know, like my dad always used to say this about dance because, you know, my, my dad always jokes around. He's like, she lives at the church. She's at Sunday school. She's at Greek school. She's at Greek dance. She might as well be the presbytera. But he was always like so supportive of whatever she wanted to do. And us too. You know, if it was dance related or music related or Greek related, my dad was like 100%, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he would say to me, he goes, Dimitri, yamena mm-hmm. So what he means is, you know, for those who don't speak Greek and you're listening, you know, to him, that was like university level dancing. If you can understand those styles and, and, and to dance that way and be convincing about it, if you're not from there, you've, that's, the, that's, the, that's it for him. And that was it. And I, you know, I thought about that and I was like, you know, that's, that's a great perspective. Because when I was growing up, you know, it's like, you know, you see it now still too. Kids are out there doing Balevisiotico at, at Mach 10 speed. And you know, <laughs> it's all over the place. But, you know, does it look authentic? Does it look convincing? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. you know, even, it doesn't matter. But to, to, to we, you know, connoisseurs slash people that like live and breathe this stuff, you know, you want to do it justice. You don't want to just get out there and do like he is. You want to represent when you're performing, let's say, but even when you're, when you go to the village, you know, I got married in, in, in Episcopia, uh, you know, you go there and the first time I went there, you know, my very first night, cause they knew, uh, uh, I got like the crash course in Critica that night. So mm-hmm. like one of the dance instructors there, his name's Antoni. He's like, <laughs> like I did three steps, just lathos, you know? And I'm like, oh man, you know, wow. <laughs> But, you know, what he was, you know, yeah, I know, but he was, he was kind of being, he was joking with me, but I learned a lot from him, you know, but then like, you know, you see it now and then back to what I was saying, you know, you want to do it justice. And so, you know, my dad would say these things and I was like, yeah, he's right. But then, you know, you going back to pulling it all full circle to the Ibidos, you know, I got the bug from Dean watching them perform and then it all just, it's a feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So now when you go to a dance or they're in, in, Back then, I used to be like, oh, man, Ipidos. all right, you know, it's fine. And like all the kids, when you would teach it, you know, I've heard this in the podcast, too, you know, it's slow, it's slow. We don't want to... But now I'm like, it's, it just moves me. I love to hear the clarino. I love to, 
the dance, you know, the, you know, with my barrea and mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, I'm all over the place. I just, no, uh, no, is, it's, 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 it's so, it's, it's our passion. So, yeah. yeah. It's, That's the crazy thing about that question is because like, all right, really, how can you put one above the other? Because mm-hmm. Ipiros, like the music just grabs you and like, doesn't like it can go. be as slow as molasses, but you're still, you're like, your heart is beating and you're just, it, it takes you over. It, or it, like, it's the trance. It's what Tameli said. It's the trance. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't realize you're in, and at the same time, you're not just moving along. You're feeling every second of it. If you're not, I don't think, I, I, I don't know, something's wrong with you. You got to feel <laughs> that stuff. I, I really, yeah. and I, I remember we were at HDF and, uh, Lisa Lovetas with his family, they were just tearing up some Ipirotica out the lobby. And I was dancing with Mito and I think Jordan was there, just all my body, yeah, my buddies and friends and, and they, everyone was singing. And it's like, that, that's, that's it. This is life right here. This is living, breathing what has happened since the beginning of dance and times. Panigiria, mm-hmm. Pares, the pathos, like you feel it and it just comes out. And you know, you feel it with other stuff too. Like there's, there's times when I'll hear, you know, the Zurna and I'm like, Oh my God, just get that right in my ear, please. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, you feel it. And I don't know. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I think like that feeling is so hard to explain to people. And then when they catch it, it's like, oh like you weren't crazy like this is this is really what you mean you know what i mean um i feel like we've seen that kind of recently ev with the kids at church like some yeah. of them are starting to get that a little bit yeah. um because you can see it in like their confidence they're like leveling up their dancing without even knowing that they're doing it you know um, it's like i mean for me like again how do you pick a favorite but like macedonian the the percussion in macedonian for me like you could eliminate all the other instruments and it could just be the percussion and I will be losing it on the dance floor. <laughs> like that to me, like wh- when you, when you talk percussion for me, Macedonian percussion just blows my mind. The, the complexity of the beats and just how beautiful, I mean, the percussion is on its own. I, I have this one CD that is just all percussion Macedonian. I don't know how I found it, but like. Yeah. Send it my way. <laughs> love to hear it. Um, so it's that, but it's like, it really is that, how do do you pick a favorite, but. Well, what you were just saying though, Maria, about like kids picking up on that, uh, I think that's a, another, you know, going back to the the dance teaching and I've had (laughs) several teachers in the past and I've gone to a lot of dance classes and seminars and I also seen my peers teach. And when you have an inspirational teacher or someone that really can connect to you not just to your feet, but connect to you. I think mm-hmm. that's the key. And, um, you know, uh, Jordan, uh, as of late, uh, I've, you know, we'll sit around and we, we, you know, we'll be setting up instruments. We might be playing the Glendy that night and I overhear his, you know, workshops. And he really has a way of speaking to all age groups to mm-hmm. make them feel like, yes, this is important. It's not just steps and to connect with him, but to connect with the music. And I think that's an, such an important thing. And there's many other teachers that do it and I respect them so much for it. Um, and that's something that I wanted to uh, kind of embody when I, when I taught. And I just, 
you could easily show up and go, all right, this, here's 12 steps, guys. All right, let's go. One, two, three, bomber, bomber. But, you know, at the end of the day, are these kids going to come back? Are they inspired? Do they want to learn from you? Do they want yeah. more? And I feel like I see, you know, and I've gone to HDF, I've gone to FDF, I've seen way different styles of directing. I've seen the militant, like, come on, get in line. I've seen the <laughs> whatever, you know, I've seen it all. And, you know, everyone's got their own thing. But uh, the most that I see is like, there's the groups and the, and the communities that blossom and grow are because of a director that planted a good seed and they keep it growing. They keep watering and harvesting the crop and the kids like nowadays, I mean, you see them now they're teachers. And I think that's, that's the most important thing is, you know, Nasina Hisi, you don't want it to die. So absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's embedding that love that we feel into them. And it comes out in different ways, you know, like mm -hmm. I've had some of my dancers who are now married and, you know, they're older now, you know, we had some people come up to me and they would say, yeah, I get it now. Oh man. And like, I remember one kid was like, you know, he used to hate Ipiotica. That is boring. Mm -hmm. Now he's like, oh my God. So like on Easter, like we're playing, you know, glad, you know, it's like, you know, delay for days. And it's like, right. style. And he's like, oh, I love this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about this a lot, like, you know, you can, you know, bring a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Like mm -hmm. with all these kids, we bring them, we're trying to bring them to that feeling of passion that we know and have experienced, but you can't, you can't give that to them. They have to, they have to like have that aha moment for themselves and be like, mm, okay, this is, this is what I've been needing this is what i've been craving and i didn't even know it mm -hmm. and then you know so it's it's those teachers that can get them that close to being able to you know all you gotta do is stick out your tongue and drink the water like mm -hmm. that's it you know it's yeah. i know i've certainly experienced it with jordan you know and and many others but i mean jordan you said his name and it really just he you know it rings true with him because he he captures you so much so mm -hmm. um yeah, and, and, you know, that, that's the thing is, is, but when you do get that connection, this is the other beautiful part of it, you know, it's if, you know, like we were saying in Atlanta, we were lucky because we had a lot of kids. And the, and the reason the program grew is because they're like, well, you should come on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring a friend. I'm going to bring a friend. And the next thing you know, mm -hmm. you got a good group. And these yeah. kids are all like-minded. You know, a lot of them play the same sports. They do the same things. So they all gravitate, you know, not only from Goya, which, you know, again, the church is, you know, huge. And it's wonderful that the kids are all in Sunday school and Greek school together, but now they come to dance. So yeah, and all it takes is that one little spark or that one one person, you know, there's always that one person in the body that people kind of gravitate mm -hmm. to. And if you get that person hooked, then, you know, sky's the limit. You can have an army of dancers, you know? Yeah. And I feel like pivotal moments for me, I know like that kind of where that hook moment for me were like, festivals and you know we've talked about this on the podcast like where you just are going and you're dancing like and not even dancing to perform but you're just enjoying the band at the festival like mm -hmm. all day and you're like sweaty as whatever because you know every greek festival it's like hot humid and gross most mm -hmm. of the time um but like those that is sometimes now hard to find you know what i mean like the festival i'm thinking about here people don't dance all day like whereas the festival where I grew up, it was like you danced. If you weren't working the festival, you were up on the stage with the band, like in between performances and stuff. And mm -hmm. like 
nowadays, I think that hook for, for kids are like the, the parties and the events at things like HDF, um, where you can just go and you're not necessarily worried about your performance. You know, I mean, maybe they are whatever, but even if you're not performing, you are just in a room with people who genuinely love traditional Greek dancing. And like, Mm -hmm. that is, I feel like we're hoping to bring the dance group, um, this coming year to HDF. And I'm like, that's what they need. That's what they need. You know what I mean? Like the kids need that because they've seen so much, you know, around here, like DC is, is relatively rich with Greek stuff. There's a lot of festivals, but I don't think many of them have seen that. And I'm like, you need to be in a room with like mostly strangers and mm-hmm. just get caught up in those lines. And you don't know who you're dancing to. It doesn't matter like who you're dancing with or next to, but you're just in it with, with everyone, you know, yeah. um, they it's, need that feeling. I, I, I agree a hundred thousand percent. I mean, you know, uh, you guys asked the question about competition before, mm. and, you know, I think that's, that's very pertinent. You bring that up. Is that like, you know, the, comp- the it's not a competition more of it's, it's a, it's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. The end game is getting everybody together and learning our culture and learning dance and celebrating it. That's, that's the end, you know, how you get there you know, okay, it's a competition, quote unquote, you know, some people are very competitive and take it that way. And some people don't, but the end result is at the end of the night, you have a room full of like-minded individuals that are experiencing and sharing the beauty of this culture and the music and the dancing and the barea. And, and it's like, I don't know, just so many amazing memories are made there. And listen, I, I met so many friends and and just people that like gubadi like all of it through dance and like mm-hmm. even my wife mm-hmm. you know i got married because of being with goya and the, the, the hellenic culture but with dance and um you know so many people in our community too through dance it, it, it just starts everything so you're not going to an event like that you're missing out and i think it's i think it's imperative that these kids you know go Mm-hmm. And compete or go to exhibition. It doesn't matter. You know, it's the experience. And mm-hmm. I've, I've told this to my dancers so many times. Like once you get in that room and you're going to start meeting these people and you're going to make friendships that will last forever, you know, yeah. and it, it's, and it's so true. And like, I think, you know, e- even if I wasn't playing music or dancing, I'd go to FDF, I'd go to HDF, no question, because, mm-hmm. you know, you walk down the hall and you see, you know, all these people and you stop and talk and catch up. And then at the end of the night, you know, you're hanging out, you're like, all right, it's time to get, get funky. And then you're there dancing with all your friends <laughs> or you go to some breakout room where, you know, like there's, uh, you know, Filipinos is in this, you know, it was funny. Like we were at FDF when you're in and like uh, Filipinos came to play and uh, he had this ensemble there. It's like, Hey guys, Oh my God, come to this room. And I walk in and it's like, Epidos mayhem. There's like, you know, six dudes in the corner of the most amazing musicians just playing and everyone's dancing stadio and it's all your buddies and then over there is this and over there is that it's like a buffet of greek dance you know, <laughs> you know? it's amazing i just also feel like they're after this past year and a half like everyone needs to just dust off i feel like there's like a little bit of hesitancy because people have have had a break from this mm-hmm. um and i i just i cannot wait for that first Greek dance explosion. Like, I'm not sure how it's going to be, but I feel like everyone needs to make sure that their like shoes are double laced because it's <laughs> going to like blow their faces off. Like, I yeah, just, 
It's just going to be intense. Yeah. The energy is going to be insane because I think people just don't have, we don't have that, like, like there's not that Greek dance release. It's not there. You know, it hasn't been there for a year and a half. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a good break and I'm not going to lie musically mm -hmm. and dance wise. I mean, you know, as an instructor, you guys know this too. Like there's a point where you just get burnt out. Yeah, you know, and then I got both my kids in the program, so you know they would dance, and then they would come home, and I'd flip flop with them and go teach at eight o'clock, and you know you're running around, you're worried about costumes, you're worried about all these other things, and you know it it was a nice break, but you're right, it's like it's time to get back down to it, and you know uh, last weekend my I think it was last weekend my my first cousin Fodori uh, got married, and uh, Yanni and Mito. Uh, came down and we played together for the first time mm -hmm. like OG style you know that was it was the three of us that you know kind of started it off and yeah. you know we got to play together last weekend and we we just were having the best time of our life and it was great to see people just dancing again holding yeah. hands and you know just having having a blast so yeah mm -hmm. I you know I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again and getting back out there and dancing and playing and just just having that 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 I don't know that interaction, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, us too, us too. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely am. I feel like I need it. I feel like my brain is like too foggy. It needs to be like, I need to like, I need a great reset a la Maria. Like I, that's what I need. I need a dance reset, but. Oh yeah. Talk about traditions. Are there any traditions in Greek culture or Greek dance that are like really important to you or things that you try to carry on or you try to replicate? Oh man, another loaded question. I know. Um, hard to say, you know, I love, I love Easter like everybody yeah. else. I think it's wonderful. Um, you know, as far as the Hellenic culture and the Hellenic tradition, getting together with people and, you know, eating good food and, you know, all that good stuff, dancing and singing. But as far as like the, the culture and the, the traditions of like, I guess the Greek paradosi, um, Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I've seen so many. It's, it's so funny. It's like, you know, we, we've gone through all these performances and you see all these things. So I, I don't really have a favorite. I, I can't, I can't, I'm like drawing a blank. I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry to say that, but it's just like, I don't know, Mito touched on it. The, maybe the, the Pureti Masia for, for the wedding. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was super cool. You know, maybe I'll use that. Okay, cool. <laughs> it, 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 was, uh, it was insane to have that happen. And I, I remember reenacting it at Greek festivals, you know, I remember mm -hmm. we, you know, we did Exceeds on stage and then, yeah, it was, we, we lived it out. We called the, the, the local barber down at Ethino, he came up to the house and then, you know, we were worried about, you know, who's going to play at the Damo and it, yeah. it was crazy because, you know, we ended up hiring uh, this wonderful Lirari Nectario Klostraki and two other, uh, you know, Cretan musicians with him. And then we had like this eight piece band that played everything. And then we had wow. a guy from Veria come play Clarino. Like it was just insane, but wow. you know, you know, we walked to the church and, you know, as I, then, uh, the dance group, the guy that the baptism of fire from Critica, uh, <laughs> Andoni, he and his twin brother, they got all dressed up in Quilotes and, uh, they had the big, uh, the, the pole with the two culures. Mm -hmm. uh, and they walked Kisula to the church uh, with with the Lirati. It was, it was amazing. So, 
That's yeah, that, that was a great tradition. So, but it, it's hard to say. There's just so many really cool ones. Question to kind of think, this kind of goes back to competition, goes back to being a teacher, goes back to also being a musician. What advice would you give to somebody who is maybe interested in trying to teach or starting to teach or, you know, what's kind of like your, your Greek dance advice that you would give to someone or music advice? So Greek dance advice, um, I would say really, really fall in love with what you're learning and what you're doing first before you go out to try to teach it to somebody else. Uh, also do your homework. Um, you know, you guys have touched on doing research and all that stuff. I, I never really had the luxury of doing a lot of quote unquote research uh, in my life. The only real research I ever did was, you know, on Skopelos and talking to villagers and yayas and theists and stuff. But, you know, now, you know, it's, just, it's hard to travel and it's hard with kids now. And even back then, you know, you would mm -hmm. go to Greece and you had fun in the paralia. You didn't really mm -hmm. think about, you know, but now, you know, talking to instructors and getting good, good information and cross-referencing that information, getting multiple opinions and really honing in on what you want to teach mm -hmm. and, and, and then learning to love it too. And then when you teach it, it will translate your, your kind of, yeah, will come out in what you teach, not only the steps, like I said earlier, it's easy to, you know, dance by numbers. This is one mm -hmm. through six, do this. It's easy to do that. Um, but it's hard to teach the styling. It's hard to teach the passion. It's, sometimes you can never teach that. It just comes out, but sorry, bad, bad choice of words that you can't teach passion. But uh, mm -hmm. what I mean is, you know, to evoke that sense, to get, to inspire, you know, that would be my first piece of advice. My other piece of advice would be, you know, always have your ears open, learn as much as you can, and then, you know, respect the kids, respect you know, their wishes as well. You know, it's easy to be like, all right, we're learning Thraki. Mm -hmm. Well, these kids may hate it. They may mm -hmm. hate the Gaida. You know, you need to talk to your dancers, know your manpower, you know, know what you got. You know, do I have five first year kids? And then mm -hmm. I have one senior kid that's been there forever, you know, that's going to be a weird dynamic. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to know your dance group, got to know what you got and, and really respect them and, you know, you know, work to their advantages and strengths. And, and then I think it'll, you know, it'll progress naturally that way instead of trying to force something. Yeah, so that something. would be music, or my dance advice. Something that you said there, I think really like rings true. And that's about research because we talk about research a lot um, on the podcast and in general, I think there's a lot of conversation about research and who does the research. I think it's, I think it's important that people understand um, that not everybody can be or should be a researcher because mm -hmm. to really properly do research, it's not just, oh, I went to the village and I saw what they did and now I'm a researcher. No, not at all. Being a researcher is really about diving in and being able to get to those deeper levels that you're not gonna see on the surface. And it does require certain skill sets. It does require a time commitment. It does require the ability to take the information that you've gathered and really break it down and understand it from so many different perspectives so that you can actually make definitive kind of takeaways from it. So I think it's important to be said that when we talk about research, not everybody should be pushing themselves to be a researcher. It's perfectly fine to be a student and a teacher 
So mm-hmm. you, you can be getting your information from somebody who has done the research properly. And that doesn't make you lesser of a teacher because of it. It just not at all. I, I think you know. it makes you stronger. A, a teacher mm-hmm. is a student. A student is a teacher. You know, I learn from my children every day. Yeah. I mean, you have to. You're learning something new every day. But with research and respect to that, there are people that have done some serious, amazing work. I mean, mm-hmm. and some of them have dedicated their lives to it. You know, like Joe. You know, uh, another amazing resource, Cristo Papacosta. What a saint, man! That guy has been mm-hmm. so helpful to our program and to so many programs. And he's. You know, I, see, I saw a video of him. I didn't realize he was even him. He's playing Dauli and, you know, now I want to stay there. He's in the village. I'm like, oh my God, that's Cristo Papacosa, you know? And he's in another video playing Zurna on this that, you know, I've seen in Cedes. And it's like, he's a wealth of information. And these people, you know, lived it. You know, another uh, person that I, you know, tip my hat to the guy is uh, Vasily Godos. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy has, you know, he opened a lot of the, Pandora's boxes for Greek dancing in the United States through his performances and his his dedication to to dance. You know, he would go and immerse himself and, you know, bring musicians and talk to the musicians and, you know, you talk to that person, you talk to that person, just like Yvonne, you know, Yvonne, mm-hmm. her whole life. It's just, it's, it's fascinating to hear their stories. And thank you guys for doing this podcast to like bring that to life because, you know, you learn something about other people you didn't even know. And, you know, I, I, I really respect that. And I, I'm never going to sit there and say, I'm a researcher. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a dance instructor that is lucky enough to speak with the real researchers and get really good knowledge. But then again, as Jordan said in his podcast, you know, you can't just go to YouTube and be like, ah, there it is. That's a, no, that's not it. And, you know, I would tell my dance instructors this too, you know, that, that are in our program. I'm like, okay. Here's some videos. I give them kind of, you know, I, and I even ask sometimes, I'm like, is this legit? You know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you send it out and, and then like ask other people, like call Adi, call this person, call that person. You know, there's so many great instructors and wealths of knowledge in, in North America that, you, you know, it, 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 it's, it's mind blowing. I, uh, I was sitting outside the FDF convention center, uh, is, is, it's a terrible thought, but it's a, it, it, so I have to preface that what I was saying. So I'm sitting out there and Mr. Nichols, who's, you know, he's a judge and he's been involved for a nice guy. We're sitting outside and he's having a Tugato. And I'm like, I was just thinking about it. I was having one of those moments where I was, you know, I'm a very, if, if you know me and you can ask my friends, I'm like really sensitive and emotional. So I'm sitting out there and I was having a moment. And I was like, you know what, Mr. Nichols, if something bad were to happen to this building, God okay. forbid, Okay. I think Hellenism would be wiped out. And he's like, huh? I'm like, think about it. You have almost all of Greece's really good musicians in here. All the dance instructors, all the dancers, all these judges. If, if, if a, a meteor were to land on this building right now, it'd be wiped out. And it's, it's you know, if you stop to think about it, it's pretty crazy. And, it, yeah. it, and you could talk to so many people in that building. And that's why another reason, like getting the kids to HDF and FDF and talking to these people, even if it's for a few minutes to like open a doorway to like, hey, give me a call. Let's talk. Let's chat, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like some people will just open their door and be like, here, you know, I, I'll give it to you. What am, I'm not going to take it with me to heaven right. or hell depending right. on how you live, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, take it, you know, I'm the same way. I'm like, you know what? I got this here. I'll make you a copy of it. I don't, you know, but that's, I mean, the whole reason why we do this is to make sure that dance survives and gets passed 
passed on to the next generation. So what good does it do any of us to hoard it? anything it's, as our own and say, nope, it's mine. You can't have it. Now, now look, there is the, the, the people that did do a lot of research and, you know, invested a lot of their, you know, money and time, you know, mm-hmm. I, again, yeah. I'm not like, you know, hand it over. It's not, it's, it's not like that. I mean, like, you know, I'm like, I want to hire these people. Actually, I'm, yeah. if I, if I'm able to, I'd rather them come teach as the source. And like you were saying earlier, it doesn't make me less of a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, and I'm still learning from this person too. Like I contacted you, we set this in motion. Now we're, we're talking, you know, like what kind of music should I use? Is it, you know, and people are asking good questions nowadays, you know, musically speaking, you know, well, well, they'll contact us to play a set from wherever. And it's like, what instrumentation are you looking for? Oh, well, we've heard this recording. Well, there's this though. And then there's mm-hmm. this. And so you open these dialogues up with these instructors and then, you know, they, it, it, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you learn and you learn and you learn. So, yeah. you know, but I, I want them to come and, you know, I, and I'll gladly compensate people and, I, you know, for their research and their time, because, mm-hmm. it, you know, you have to respect that, that facet of it as well. But the mm-hmm. sharing is, you know, it, 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 it all comes out in one way or the other, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, People sometimes are afraid to ask, but truly there are people who genuinely want to share this. Like you don't just research this stuff because you want to hold it tight to you. Like, you know, just like what you said, like there, there is a, a drive to progress this. So, you know, I think for people who are listening and I know that we have some dance teachers who listen, who are in areas where the resources are probably far less than what like we have at our disposal just ask, you know, or have someone kind of set up that, that conversation to be the conduit. You know, that's what has happened with this podcast is we've had people on and we're like, who else should we interview? You know, and the laundry list of people that we've, we've gotten is just through the roof because it's like, you know, here are all these people who we look up to and who we respect or who we roll with, who are like really cool and would love to share their stories. And it has turned into this, you know, like mini resource now. So if somebody picks it up, and they're in a community where they don't have that connection, just listen to an episode and you'll get five, six names of people who you can reach out to, you know? Totally. Like, it's, it, it's, it, 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 that's why I think this is so valuable is to, mm-hmm. to learn about people and be able to, to reach out and touch someone. Like you said, yeah. it's like, it's kind of daunting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you hear certain people's names, like, how do I approach this person? How do I ask them for this? And they're, they're, they're not, you know, scary people, you know, they'll talk to you. you know? right. but I, I just think it's that, that, that mindset that, Oh, you know, yeah. you know, like there's a, a great example of that is um, one of the dancers in my group, Christina Kalesa is her brother, Nick, uh, you know, they had a program in Miami and um, you know, he was, he would come to HDF and they would hang out in the back. It's like, what a bring group, what a bring group. And, you know, he did research, he called people, he talked to people, he had instructors come down and then he brought his group up and they did fantastic. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a living, breathing example of like him reaching out, just coming for a minute. Like, let me see what this is all about. And then now the program is progressing and he's not the only one. There's so many that have done that and that it has to be that way, you know, and it has mm-hmm. to stay that way, you know, in order for this to keep going. And that's the goal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The other night I was um, like scrolling on Instagram stories and I actually, I think it was, it might've been last night and I saw someone who posted a video live from a Greek festival and the kids were performing and people were, it was like, we, we have progressed and it's alive again. And her, her caption was like, Greek festivals are alive again or Greek dance is alive again. And I just like 
got a little bit emotional because I'm very similar to Dimitri. I'm like mm-hmm. a little bit of like a closet emotional person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we are hard on our sleeve. Right, exactly. And I just, I started tearing up because I'm like, these kids, for I don't know what dance they were doing because I don't think there was sound on the video, but I was like, this is adorable, number one. Like, kudos to you in your little white shirts and your blue skirts. Like, you look adorable. But I'm like, they don't even know know what they're really doing right now you know like the fact that they were out there performing I mean they're so young but whatever and like you just saw a Greek festival again I was like this is it like it's still there and it's still going to progress so for anyone who's listening who might want to bring these resources to their group just reach out to people contact us we'll put you in we'll be that bridge um you know it's just it's so important to continue all this Greek dancing. It's so important. It's not just dance. It goes to and the, same, the same goes for music too. It's like, you know, when you go to, to HDF, FDF, even Greek festivals, you know, if, you know, back to your question about musical advice mm-hmm. uh, is, yeah, I would say the same thing. It's like, you know, if you're wanting to learn something, learn an instrument, you know, talk to uh, people that play the instrument, um, you know, and, and get some knowledge of it. And what, what drives you, what, what makes you want to do it? Like, you know, me, it was, it was the drum, you know, it, it was always in my face. It was right there. It was like, here's the drum set downstairs, uh, do better like you over there, go play the thing. And, you know, yeah. I, I just gravitated to it, but you know, like Sarando, Sarando, you know, he, he got the, the guy, the fever. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember he came to Atlanta one time for the festival and he was like kind of learning and he wouldn't put it down everywhere. You went, you this <laughs> everywhere. And then we ended up going after the festival to a, a, an IHOP right next to the church. Oh, and God. he's in the Aftokinito playing with the window open. And there's people that are like, you know, what is this kid doing? <laughs> but, you know, that's his passion. So he figured out what he liked and he followed it. And then he talked to Bano and uh, he learned from some people and he went there. And, you know, and that's how I did. You know, I just I would watch these monster players and, you know, learn from this guy, learn from that guy. And then you, you kind of make your own thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it, it, everyone has their own little way of playing yeah. and, you know, it's, it, that's, that's the, the advice I would give is like, you know, figure out what you want to do. And another good piece of advice is, you know, it, it's easy to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it's great to play a lot of things, but you want to play them well and do them justice. And, you know, again, uh, like I, I tip my hat to like Mito Dallas and to Femme and lots of other musicians that, that have that talent to be able to do that. They play instruments very well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but for me, uh, you know, I never, you know, I'm, I'm dabbling with, you know, guitar and all this other stuff. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a rocker at heart, but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just like, you know, you want to do well at it. And so you, you know, harvest your crop, learn more. Mm-hmm practice practice i tell my son yanni this practice mm-hmm. even even if it's five minutes a day practice because in the mm-hmm. end it will just become better and better and then you know as you get together and you play you know the the best the best experience is the stage you know you can sit there and mm-hmm. you know play in your basement all day long but the minute you get on stage with some instruments and some some other musicians live that's when you start really learning and it's like, that's the other baptism of fire. You know, you're in, mm-hmm. there's people in front of you now and you have a microphone on and 
you know, it's, it's a different ball of wax, but, you know, and again, that's, if you even want to do that, if you want to play for your own enjoyment, that's, but it still holds dear, you know, you got to play because you love it and stick with it and practice. Yeah. If you could play with, okay. So we're going to ask this question in two ways, a Greek band or Greek musician, Mm -hmm. non-Greek, I was going to say American, but it doesn't have to be American. So non-Greek and Greek, if you could play with anyone alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, wow. I just came up with that question. Just came. Holy up. wow. Jeez. Um, like playing like, with him, like I'm sitting like, there enjoying it <laughs> or I'm actually playing an instrument with him. Playing an him. instrument with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Or like in a band, you know. Wow. Present band or, or past. Hmm. That's an easy question, right? <laughs> God, man. That's such, that's so hard that's to powerful. say. Okay. On the like, uh, you know, because that's uh, a lot of my background is like, uh, you know, I played mm-hmm. Greek band drumming, uh, like I still do it, you know. Uh, if I could ever sit behind the drums for Dalaras. Dalaras for me, yeah. I don't know why. I love Stelio Casadzidis. I love the Onisio, Mitropa. I love all the old classic. But Dalaras for me was the guy that he was just the guy. Icon. Oh my God. And, you know, I've mm-hmm. met him before and my feel is got him on speed dial no joke Matthew Sarando wow. yeah he it, it's a that's a whole other story you know I've met Dalaras and I gave him my senior graphic design I did a portfolio eight page magazine spread about his life and I gave it to him and it was it, anyway it's amazing but I wish I could play for him just once um yeah as far as traditional people man that's 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 so tough that's so tough I mean I don't know. I have an answer. It's okay. I, 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 you know, it'll take me forever to figure that one out. But, you know, I I don't know. It's just (laughs) anybody now. I mean, there's so many great musicians, you know, to even like a great example. Like I've gotten to play the song, you know, like, you know, the, uh, through Dean of Dallas, I got to play Defi uh, with the Verdi's family. And that was an experience and a half, just Mm -hmm. this guy and his family. And uh, there I am, this, bald guy in the corner with my deafie but you know they were like yeah next museum you know and just have fun enjoy it and it was great so i don't know but as far as the american if it rush man I, I know that neil peart god rest his soul he was my he was the reason that i got into drumming yeah. was i'm even wearing my rush fly by night yeah, t-shirt yeah. um you know i love i love their music i love what they did for the world it's a three-man band from canada played for 40 years together and yeah. Neil Peart was just I would listen to him while cutting the grass on Saturdays <laughs> and I'm listening to these songs I'm like oh my god what is he doing this is insane you know and I just you know I, I think they're I mean you know two of the members are still alive so if I could just play one song with that that would be end all be all but yeah Good, but, good to know. I mean, put it out into the universe right manifest it I love it yeah I mean it's it's you know it Music makes the world go round. It really does. Yeah. Music and dance. And I, I'm very lucky in my life to have had the experiences I've had and play with the people I've played with and the people I still play with. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but we were we were talking with the guys, you know, and uh, our story, you know, and I know you guys are talking about getting us all on. And I'd love to do that because, yeah. you know, our story is just, you know, <laughs> insane. Just yeah. meeting, you know, just getting together and playing all these years it's just a wonderful thing and just makes your heart mm-hmm. grow and it makes you just feel you know you're alive you know even when yeah. 
even when you're down, even when you're up, you know, you just have that musiki and you're like, ah, that's it. Yeah. Dimitri, this was amazing. Um, I'm so glad we were able to do this. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, every time we interview somebody who has the dance and the music together, it's just this like different view of everything. Um, I don't I don't have the words to even explain it, but it's just so cool to like get into your brain a little bit and, and you know. Um, so Evan, I know you ask this question all the time. So kind of final question, um, and this is not a stumper. Well, I shouldn't say that, it might be a stumper, but if you had the choice, would you rather be, and I'm gonna not do this question as good as Evan, um, dancing or playing in the band? Hmm. Honestly, I think dancing. Uh, I love to play, please don't get me wrong. I, I love nothing more than just jamming away with my bros and or just playing for a body and they're just loving their life and just, you know, I love it. It's wonderful. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of technical stuff on the back end, the the, the non glamorous part that mm -hmm. you know we talk about. You know, the schlepping equipment until one <laughs> yeah. thirty in the morning, and then you still have the yeah. guy that drank nine bottles of Gracie. It's like, hey man, will you play the cool bar from Carpalos? You know, they're <laughs> like, oh, we gotta go home. You know, so but I love to do that. But dancing, that's that's what started it all. You know, uh, you know. I'd love to dance. I love to to grab my partner and do an amazing balos, or I love to be with my pareja and be dancing, you know, something heavy. I love to, when I get my chance to just get that nasty tamico and just break it down and just have some fun. Like I love it, you know, and and that's the thing so, that I've 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 come to to learn is, you know, with time, you know you learn things and you experience things and things change and uh, mm -hmm. your views change and your pathos changes. But my pathos for, for dance has never, you know, faltered. I always love it, but you know, like I, I think someone, I, I don't know who said it, but like, I want to dance cause I want to dance. Not because, you know, someone knows that I'm the dance instructor for the community. They're like, I'm like, no, I don't want to dance right now. Or like, Oh, it's a Zebekiko. No, I'm not getting up. If you play my song, I'll dance it. But, you know, but I just dance. You're not it. doing it to show off. You're doing it for that feeling. I mean, when we were younger, who did it? Yeah, you know? right. absolutely. I mean, you know, like that's that's one of the things. Like when I was growing up and I was like 17 years old and we're dancing for these festivals and then like, you know, these random Guaritia come up, they're like, my friend wants to talk to you. And you're like, <laughs> okay, like, I don't know you and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Okay. But I mean, it was like, wow, this is cool. You know, <laughs> but then you get older and realize you're like, okay, I'm doing this for this reason, which is, you know, to me, like the right reason, which is because it's supposed to be this way. You're supposed mm -hmm. to love it. It's part of you. It's part of your culture, your heritage, all of it. It's so that's why you do it and you do it because you love it. So yeah. Is it is it torture when you're on stage playing a song and you're just like, I want to be dancing this so bad right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will say that. Like there was a, I think it was Anixi one time and we were playing and uh, we were playing Le Medicos and we were like, we started off real the slow, you know, you know? Uh -huh. and I see all my friends. I see, you know, <laughs> yeah, Dean's out there, Jordan and Stavro and all these guys are out there just tearing it up. I'm like, oh, out there <laughs> so, yeah. i mean i guess that's good because depending on the type of percussion that you're playing you could just hop down and kind of like at least be like in the mix you yeah know, i've done that before i mean i put it down to go dance but other times you know i'm just 
there's a commitment to you when you're, when you're playing, you're playing, you know, yeah. and you know, some people are like, they, I'll get down and I'll grab the dolly and I'll play first, you know, like if someone's really having a fun time or leading something, I'll just get down there in their face just to enhance the, the situation. But, you know, it's, you know, it's when yeah. you're playing, you're playing and when you're dancing, you're dancing. So and that's, yeah. I love awesome. it. Yeah. Dimitri, thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, this was fantastic. Um, and if you guys liked this episode, as I am sure you will, please make sure that you like and subscribe us. Um, this is officially the last episode other than a wrap up from Evan and I of season one of the podcast. So awesome. you were like our big last <laughs> for this season. Thank, thank you all so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I love listening every week. I like, honestly, it, it's Wednesday morning and I'm at my computer. I'm like, oh, it's a those podcast. Come on. Like, yeah, I'm such a dance too. dance nerd, but I, I love that y'all are doing this. And I really, I really hope it opens doors for for bigger and better interviews and, and resources for people to connect. And it's just great. So thank you guys very much. And I hope this made any sense. I hope I wasn't rambling or talking too much, but... It Thank was perfect. So much for it being on. This is awesome. <laughs>